This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you could watch or listen to fine dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me. Your boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, and the number one fuck boy he is mm, ah, Johnny G. Joining me as always in the stu- high my studios, my nearly silent co-host Arthur Gabrus. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur is not here because my wife is doing yoga in the living room, which means he will be sitting on her mat and bothering her instead of me. Also joining me in the High and Mighty studio, virtually from across the coast, I met this man doing comedy in Boston. He is fucking hysterical, and he's got uh, serious problems, and you'll hear about them on this episode. (laughs) Put your virtual fucking hands together for Alan Richardson from the Dead and Mellow label. What's up, Alan? What's up, Gabrus? Thanks for having me, man. (laughs) Oh, please. I set you up there like I was going to, like, you're like... I'm going to reveal that you're a killer. (laughs) I haven't killed anyone. I've just held on to them for longer than they wanted, and that's fine. It's just a little hole I put them in, and that's okay. I'm working on it. I dare you to find one dead person in my past. (laughs) Yes. Find some bones down there. (laughs) Fucking try it. Find some bones. Go ahead. Look around. That's you screaming at the sheriff, like, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> that's going to uh, not end well for you, Alan. All right, listen, dude, you got to tail light out. Just just go. I don't want to hear anymore. Just... Uh, there's no bodies. There's no yeah. bodies. <laughs> all right. All right, man. Please, please. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we met when I was touring through Boston. You were at the now closed Great Scott Comedy Club, right? Yeah, very sad. Now, now defunct. I walked by it for the first time the other day, and to see it without the green awning was sad. Oh, man. What's that? That that place I I'd only been there that one time, uh, but it was fucking cool as hell. And from talking to all you guys that were performing there and like have performed there, talking about what the space was and is and shit, I was like, oh, this place is so dope. And then, I I mean, quarantine hit like pandemic hit like two weeks after I was on tour, and I was like, what yeah. the fuck? I like brewing up more weekends away and shit, yeah. and then it just all came. And then when that place closed, I was like, holy shit! I was like. <laughs> In, in the last like 40 performances at this place. Yeah. <laughs> what a sad stat for the great yeah. Scott. <laughs> no, it was a weird place because it was like it had the towny dive bar feel. 
but it was a big enough venue where touring acts could come through and have like a good space that's not you know the house of blues or something like that yeah it had uh, a vibe it had a vibe a little bit where it's like i don't know if half these people know i'm about to do a live podcast here yeah but they seem to be okay with it they're like yeah i'm just gonna gas beers over here by the bar go do whatever the fuck you want up there on yeah. stage there's like a weird towny section that's roped off almost i'm just like <laughs> they're here just don't bother them and they'll be okay yeah yeah <laughs> maybe you'll get an errant laugh which will make your album recording sound even better but if not yeah. don't worry about it power through there are people here in the front row who are pumped to see you um alan the thing we wanted to talk about the thing we bonded about in the couple hours we were hanging out uh besides weed was uh bad movies and we were talking about because you know i have action boys and we watch a lot of what i consider good movies sometimes bad movies are in there sometimes bad movies are in there that i enjoy i think a lot of people these days have like bad movie club bad movie podcast this that like but we what is like I have a blanket statement that I just like movies so much that it's like, I mean, this is hack, but it's like pizza. It's like, I'm still pumped that I'm eating pizza, even if it is like a bowling alley slice, or even if it is like a 75 minute Scott Adkins direct to streaming, like (laughs) Japanese language action movie with like fake fire and fake blood. I'm still just pumped that I'm sitting down to watch a movie and maybe yeah. I'll find 30 seconds of something enjoyable in the 90 minutes. That's a pretty solid ratio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a lot to ask for. Yeah, no, That's it's one like... pepperoni on a shitty pizza. <laughs> right, right. One decent little cup of pepperoni with a shot of oil in it and you're like, yeah. "Hell yeah." And also like I- I'm down with eating a whole shit pizza to have one decent bite. Like, I'm a disgusting I've, glutton. <laughs> I've done it many times while watching a movie where you're like, just something good happen. Right, yeah. It's like, I've eaten I- convenience store pizza from New Hampshire, and I've watched, like, the entire Steven Seagal catalog. It's- yeah. But, th- so, that's a great starting point, because uh, Steven Seagal makes bad movies. But exclusively. He's, yeah, he's not trying to make good movies. He's making Steven Seagal movies, which for a while were pretty cool and now yeah. are very bad. Well, now but, they're insane. Yeah, now they're bad, like in a way, they're not good. They're bad they're in a fun. way that isn't fun anymore. Okay, yeah. I'm glad we're on this topic because I think things could be bad, fun. Like people are like, oh, this movie's so bad, it's good. Sometimes a movie is just bad. Yeah, Into the Sun by Steven Seagal. That that one's just <laughs> bad. There's like mo- every now most of his newer ones are just bad cuz they're slow. He can't do anything. Right. And and, and so he, nothing happens. And he's also trying to go for quantity. So he's in yeah. a lot of these movies that are like he's in the cover of or he's in the thumbnail image. But like I just watched one called like Sniper Special Ops or something. Yep. And and Seagal is in one room for the entire movie, and it's like yeah. written. It's like written so that Seagal could just be seated in a chair, being a sniper as people surround him, and then like a whole on other mission starring like ten B actors is happening yeah. on the other uh, B movie actors. They're not B actors necessarily. Ten B movie actors are doing a full on mission. You're like, this is not a Seagal movie. He's not part of this at all. Yeah. And then you realize it's like they shot him in two days, put him right. on the fucking cover of this movie, and he gets to like get paid. That's or their whole marketing campaign was hiring Steven Seagal to be there for a day. Yeah, and he's got a lot like that. I and that's that's the shit that's and you actually see a lot more of that in the bad movie space. And I think that's yeah, like 
uh, here here's an ex- a good solid bad movie example. I watched Escape Plan two and three recently. Oh geez, I haven't <laughs> yes. even seen those yet. That's with like yeah. Dave Bautista's in three, right? Or yeah, two? D- Bautista's in two and three. Ar- the first one is with Arnold and Sly, and yeah. it's like fun to see them in a movie together. But it's not very good. But if you have Arnold and Sly on camera for sixty five percent of your movie. Yeah, it's well, objectively charismatic. At least that movie got the best Arnold Schwarzenegger sound ever. I remember I watched that. My my brothers and my dad and I all like go out to see these shitty movies all the time. And uh, <laughs> when they stuck a hose in Arnold Schwarzenegger's mouth and he just yelled with a hose in his mouth, <laughs> we all looked at each other like that's what we've been waiting for our whole lives is to hear him screaming with a with a hose in his mouth. Well, it, it was, was weirdly it was like uh, a sketch comedy version of a. Arnold impression. Yeah. So it was like some fucking hack SNL Schwarzenegger sketch in a way. <laughs> Wait, you said I, you, you go see these movies with your dad and your brothers? How many brothers yeah, do you have? I got two. One lives in Oregon. So when he's home, we like make sure that we're going to go see whatever awful movies and theaters. Um, I live with my younger one. So we just, we do it constantly. Nice. Wait, um, so I'm I'm one of three boys who grew up watching uh, action movies with not bad movies. My dad had low tolerance for bad movies, but he was like a martial artist. So no matter how bad a movie was, if it had like a cool martial arts fight in it, he was a hundred percent on board. Like, so yeah. he'd be like, "Johnny, this is called uh, the perfect weapon with Jeff Speakman, and it's fucking great. He's got sticks. He kicks people, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and it's true. I fucking love the perfect weapon. But these movies." Are bad. Oh, so yeah. ju- jumping to Escape Escape Plan One has Sly and Arnold in it. Pretty enjoyable. Not a good movie at all. Escape Plan Two and Three have completely like a completely different cast of international. Act- it's like it's uh, transparently a money grab. Obviously, it's like five different international, possibly uh, Ch- Asian. I'm guessing Chinese for the market um, actors, and then Stallone is in both of them for like. 20 ish minutes. Just he's enough. sort of, yeah, he's sort of like the C storyline. And him and Batista, even Batista's only got like really one arc in it where he's like in an intro scene and, and, and two action scenes. And he doesn't, as a matter of fact, I think in both movies, definitely in Escape Plan 3, which they don't even escape from anything in, um, they just <laughs> like <laughs> have to rent something. They're like break the rescuing a hostage in yeah. Escape Plan 3. And in that, Batista's like they have one scene between Batista and Stallone where he's like I need you and Batista's like you know I work alone and they're like well the plan is this this and this and he goes well I'm gonna go in by myself and do something separate it's like okay (laughs) and it's so obviously for the shooting of just like all right, we'll shoot Batista on Friday in this hallway he has this full on own action sequence that doesn't even cross over with any of the other actors in the movie like it might not have been shot in the same country like it easily easily could be on a different stage different country and I'm like and that those are the movies that I think are bad, bad. They're not even yeah. like f- it's fun to laugh at them because they're bad. But I'm not seeking out those kind. I'm not seeking out a movie to mock. I'm seeking out the kind of bad I like. And now I realize I've been talking for like forty minutes. That's what happens when you drink a cold brew and eat twenty milligrams of weed granola. <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm getting at is, I like a movie where everyone's intentions is to make a good movie. So it's all yeah. big fucking swings. And then it's accidentally bad. Like yeah. that's that. And that's I would argue to me. Yeah. And I would argue to that's me that's not spot. bad. Yeah. Right. Like I'll always Do find you know something Don cool. Wilson? 
Yeah, uh, Don the Dragon Wilson. Yeah, yeah. that's I, I had never heard of him, and uh, that was like the first month of quarantine was going through all of Don the Dragon Wilson's movies. Oh, the, the Blood the Fist? Blood Fist yes. Which is like uh, 40 of them, right? <laughs> there's, yeah, there's eight of them, and only the two, first two are connected, and the other, <laughs> the other six are just random movies where he plays different people. But uh, he's But he's because it like, stars Don Wilson, they're just going to make it. Uh, <laughs> but that, yeah, they're just going to make it Blood Fist 8 for whatever reason. And he- here's why shit like this rules. Like This is why I like something some something like these Don Wilson movies is a great example is he is an actual kickboxer who yep. became an actor and that's like who they just but arguably never became an actor just started starring in movies yeah. as a kickboxer <laughs> <laughs> just showed up on set one day <laughs> they were like technically you're an actor if you're in this movie yeah. but but that's the shit i like is when it's like that kind of stuff is exciting because then they're bringing a different kind of energy to the set. It's like, that's yeah. why Chuck, Stallone, Van Damme, I mean, Chuck, uh, Norris, Seagal, Van Damme, they brought their martial arts or their uh, fake martial arts, and they didn't have to bring much else along. Like Arnold and Sly kind of brought, you know, Sly arguably has been trying, he tries the hardest. He's been but trying Ar- the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Arnold was like literally just hired because, like, look at this freakish man. Yeah. Like, why don't like, just people stand don't here look and be like Conan. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, Arnold's like first major roles are like the quiet, silent freak in this movie, the quiet, silent freak in this movie, the badass, big, muscular, silent freak in this movie. <laughs> Arnold, just walk here to there and punch the horse. That's all you have to do. <laughs> That, oh fuck Conan is such now, see like these Don the Dragon Wilson movies are good a good example because the 90s early 90s late 80s are like peak yeah peak or valley rather bad movies yeah. like, however you want to look at it it's where movies kind of because they, they were making a shit ton and yeah. they were that's like a lot of where you get the Blood Fist 7s, the Leprechaun 5s a lot of these movies it's all home movie home movie market stuff Right, right, right. You can that's get everyone that's, on that $5 rental just that once and everyone's going to do it. Yeah, the direct to video shit for people who like just show up at the uh, video store every for kids like me show up at the video store every week and be like, "All right, well now it's time to see what Blood Fist is all about since yeah. we watched every other action movie in this in the fucking uh Hollywood video or Blockbuster on Merrick Road." Those yeah, we had a too. hot popping video near us. It was a hot was like popping, hot popping video. <laughs> it was like HPV. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> Let's go out on Friday night and hit up HPV. I'm sorry. What is this place? You kids can each get your own HPV. All right. <laughs> we would get like one VHS to watch upstairs in our room, one to watch as a family. And that was like our whole thing. For a while, it was every Planet of the Apes. Uh, oh, that's I was, like, a th- the only child that watched every Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I don't even think with my fucking pursuit of uh, watching everything, I don't think I've even seen every planet. Return, un- yeah. Beneath, and then yeah. uh, Battle 4. Battle 4, yeah. It's Battle <laughs> 4, Conquest. Oh, right, right. I think yeah. there's like five of them. It's There's six of them. It's insane. They get really <laughs> bad after like three. 
<laughs> now, see that's that phrase right there is like the is the bad movie fans like yeah. mantra. It's like, yeah, they get really bad after three. That means you've watched six. Yes, I've watched all six. It's like there. I have a completionist attitude too, which brought me to watch the last Escape Plan despite hating Escape Plan two. Yeah, I was like, all right, well, there's one more out now. If another one comes out, do I watch it? Not sure. But it's you're, I, it, you're one day you're going to exactly and what what and now with the dual quote unquote dual screen experience or like throwing a movie on while I do something else that's peak bad movie territory yeah that's, that's peak. exactly what you need that's like I mean, that's what I miss the most about cable is you can be watching like one good show and then three bad movies all at once. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, they're playing Wild Wild West and Rambo Three. Like, <laughs> I anytime Rambo Three comes up, I have to take the opportunity to make sure anyone who doesn't know, Rambo fights alongside the Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> he aids the Taliban. I mean, to be fair, at the time, American foreign uh, policy was in favor of the Taliban, but it is a very yeah. funny movie to have put on yeah. and printed in perpetuity be like Rambo must fight with the Osama bin Laden you know like it is like we rewatched all of them when uh when Last Blood came out oh man and that was i i don't know how how freak how recently you've watched all of them but uh the one from i think it was 2008 that came I like that one See that one? I rewatched it and it it's not as good as i remembered the last 20 minutes are insane that's what I remember. So that's right. probably because it's I tried to rewatch it recently and it is like the tension with like the green berets that he's working with is like the yeah. entire boat ride out. And it goes on. I remember just going on for so long and I'm like, no one wants to see Rambo be like bullied. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that woman's trying to change him through the whole thing of like, well, you know, maybe you just haven't thought about. It. And he's like, no, I did. And it's like, OK, <laughs> yeah, no, not, we're did. not getting anywhere here. <laughs> It's no, not I definitely like thought grabs about that this. machine gun off the back of a Jeep and just turns it around. Uh, I love he takes for the listeners, he takes a 50 cal machine gun on the back of a Jeep and puts it at the driver's head where, you know, it would be <laughs> almost like, point blank range. Away. <laughs> yeah. I skipped. I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school. I skipped to go see that. I was like, I'm not going to school today. I'm going to see Rambo. And the, the ending is uh, he does rip a dude's throat out. He does get yep. to do some cool shit, but it is a long way to go to get to it's that it's like point. an hour and 10 minutes of just you waiting and waiting and waiting uh, yeah though that series is insane because the first movie isn't really a bad movie it's like a really sad movie about it's not even veterans. really yeah i was about to say it's not even really like an action movie it's yeah. more about like ptsd and a veteran's experience and coming up it's closer to uh, you know like born on the 4th of July than it is to yeah. Commando, which is like... Yeah. <laughs> first <laughs> Blood. spectrum. Hit, yeah, First Blood fucking hits hard. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Like, Brian Dennehy is like... And it's also weirdly timely in that it's... Uh, timely for 2020 in that it's like about veteran affairs, PTSD, how we treat... <coughs> excuse me, vets, homeless people, people who are suffering through mental health issues. And then also it's about the overreaching power of local police. And like, and it's like, so it's so weirdly timely to watch that movie. Now it's like so fucking crazy. And then then like skip right to three. (laughs) Yeah. But, but then Rambo two is like this Rambo two, very fun. But that is, that is just like, there's still, 
Yeah, there's still POWs in Vietnam. Rambo, you got to go back and get them. We got Sensei Kreese as like a crazy ass <laughs> bad guy, of course. You know what I love about two from from one to two though is like one is all about PTSD and how like unfair veterans are treated. But then the second one, the tagline just kept being like, what you call hell, he calls home. Yeah. It's just like, oh, actually, actually, Rambo loves this shit. He's not tortured at all. He loves doing this. Yeah, it is weird. He's like, I've been through something. He's like, but I'm willing to go back and shoot an explosive arrow at a helicopter if I have to. (laughs) Two is awesome. Like his body in two is like unreal. Like, yeah. uh, which I believe is called First Blood Part Two, which is just funny it, enough yeah. as it is. Yeah. Um. Wait. Let's talk about Last Blood because this is a movie. When I hear it's coming out, I'm thinking this is either going to be actually good or I'm gonna enjoy what's we- you know I'm gonna enjoy something about it. Yeah, and you- I watch it, and it's it's. More boring than the 2008 Rambo. It has a longer than an hour and 10 minute lead up to any action. And it includes Rambo. It has to do with the drug cartel. All of a sudden, it does feel weirdly. I mean, all those movies feel a little racist because they are always like, if you're in Vietnam, so the bad guys are Asian looking. (laughs) Like, it's like, I ran into an Asian person. It's like, kill them. It's like, no, no, it it could be just someone who happens to live in Vietnam, dude. (laughs) You can choose one to like, but the rest of them are are no good, Rambo. Preferably if it's an attractive woman, you can side with her, and then the rest are bad guys. But the most last blood is like, feels very anti Mexican. He, like, definitely tortures people. It. retcons him into having into being an uncle or uh, a, like and that all shit is so weird and then he goes to mexico but then the fight ends up taking place on his farm anyway so and, and then also yeah, it's the, it's the weird real... he goes to save his, his niece and then she right. still just dies and it's just uh it's like well, God, why did you go down there then what is this it, it's the most fu- it's like that fucked up hollywood thing where it's like sh- she doesn't just die the niece is kidnapped, yeah. sold into drug uh, like addiction, uh, sex slavery is like, r- like, and then Rambo goes to rescue these women, and they don't want to leave because they're like completely Stockholm syndrome or you know groomed to like want to live there. He brings his daughter, he brings his niece out, and she dies on the car ride home in front of him, and it's like, it's like that death wish level of shit. It's like just kidnapping your niece is enough. For- motivation she doesn't have to be forced to do drugs forced to do sexual favors then die like you're justified in killing it's a fucking action movie and then it starts to feel like well this director just really wanted this story or like this writer really like that's when you start to get sad and stressed where you're like wait how badly were you fighting to have like a teen girl be raped and killed and fucking it's like so upset to one up taken Right. And well, and then that's the problem too, is that when they take this part so seriously, the action, you can't like enjoy it in a pet like the way we're talking about. You can't be like, it's not blood fist because you're like, oh, this is fun. It's like, no, a teen girl is a addi- like uh sex trafficking and drug addiction is a real like it's like yeah. don't bring too much real world drama drama into a movie that's eventually gonna be like a full flight fantasy about That's not what we action. liked about Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it is we weird because it is what it is. First Blood is like serious, and then it's like Rambo yeah. like heightens off that, and you're like, okay, then it's like, no, we're also going to address a serious fact in Last Blood, and it's sex trafficking. It's like, no, no, no. Sylvester, <laughs> yeah. trust You've me, already gone as, too far. <laughs> yeah, trust me when I say a 65 year old millionaire maybe doesn't have the best take on this. Like, yeah. might not be the mo- the most informed on this issue. <laughs> we were getting. I remember when that came out. My brother and I were really anxious because it was like watching the trailer. It was like, is this going to be just him and white nationalists fighting Mexicans the whole time? Like, is that, is this, it was like, I felt like, is this like a weird Trump's America Rambo now? Yeah, well, that is part of it too. And well, all right, now, now you're opening, this is more about action movies, but bad movies are often action movies as well. That's Um, the easiest one to make a fun, bad movie, I think. I think it's because they make money internationally. You know what I mean? And, uh, some of the and some of our biggest like uh you know names that sell tickets and DVDs are yeah. action stars obviously well and it's like you know a bad horror movie's not going to scare you a bad comedy's not going to make you laugh but right. a bad action movie shit still explodes right well that's the other thing too it's like uh action and horror more so than comedy are design like a little easier to go international because it's yeah. like you don't care about the subtext of the right. the jokes and stuff when it's just like cut his fucking head off with a machete yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, but uh a lot of the dudes uh and the people behind the scenes and the premises of the movies but and the stars in hindsight i was watching a shit ton of right-wing propaganda yeah <laughs> right yeah i mean like, what so, else is red dawn i know so many movies we watched growing up were like white guy with a gun finally kills all the foreign <laughs> criminals in his neighborhood or whatever it's like oh my god death wish is exactly that it's like <laughs> he's oh, like yeah. <laughs> you keep calling him a bleeding heart liberal is that what they keep yes, calling they him? call yeah. him a pacifist and he's <laughs> like a, a draft a, a conscientious objector he's supposed yeah. to be like a pacifist and it's like he's blowing away by the end of death wish too like he's shooting like a purse snatcher in the back with a magnum it's like yeah, that yeah. isn't like exactly like cleaning up the streets dude it's not like, like the, the first time he goes to kill somebody like pretends to cry then he just pulls out like the gun out of the <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's so many of these movies you grew up watching where it's like well the only thing that could stop this is a cop who lives outside the law yeah. he'll he'll <laughs> handcuff the uh the sus- the suspect and beat his fucking ass till he gets yeah. and it's like wait all the shit that i'm now against like police overextending the power of the federal government police brutality like uh, overseas involvement via the military, all the shit that I'm like, this is fucked up, is all the shit of movies I was watching. And it had to have had an effect on society where it's like soft power, drone, the Navy SEALs are fucking cool, man. They'll rescue yeah. anyone. It's like, yeah, but they're also like, you know, uh, renditioning fucking high, high targets and shit like that. Who knows what else is going on? Yeah, it, they take <laughs> none of the consequences, but all of like the, uh, it's like the, how you can make a conspiracy theory of just like just laying out the outside of it. And like, no, it's cool. They go over there, they blow stuff up, they chop people's heads off. <laughs> right, right. Don't ask why. It doesn't matter why. Yeah, it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter what, like, um, financial uh, incentive the American <laughs> government is receiving <laughs> through this fucking damage and drama and bloodshed that they're doing. Every but... post credit scene is them drilling for oil afterwards. And <laughs> right, <it's>... right. <laughs> it's like, well, like, we were able to liberate the POWs, and now we are able to put oil derricks here and use <laughs> help to have them build us smartphones it's like wait wait what 
that would be a really fun uh like web series or some like series of shorts is like interject videos of like uh the government officials in action movies being like, well, once we get the president off of Air Force One, <laughs> then we'll be able to sell more phones. Yeah. <laughs> New alternate endings for all these classic films. Yeah. I feel like uh, recently that has been like the premise of some action movies is like corrupt governments. And like for the longest time, it was always like bureaucratic red tape was the problem. Yeah. And now, now part of us is like, part of me is like, let's put some more red tape around like, invasions and like police yeah. stuff like, like maybe red tape isn't as bad as uh rigs would have had me believe you know what I mean? <laughs> meanwhile it's like oh yeah this guy's a fucking psychopath police officer he's like crash cars and shit like i'm i'm literally in the streets protesting this guy but 20 years ago i was paying to see that movie in the theater multiple times yeah you like you pause you pause lethal weapon four to go to a protest and like i can't wait to finish this <laughs> <laughs> You turn to try to tell someone about what you've been watching. You're like, you know what? Never mind. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> yeah, you're not going <laughs> to like this. <laughs> hey there, high and mighty listeners. For over a hundred years, Trico has been the leader in innovation and ingenuity for everything wiper blades. Trico is the first to mass produce wiper blades and they have received numerous awards from vehicle manufacturers who trust Trico to put the best product on their vehicles. One of their products, the Trico Neoform, is designed to match your vehicle's exact connection. That means no more guessing, no more hassle, and no more confusion while installing your wiper blades. Not only are they easy to install, but they are high-quality beam blades built to beat any type of weather. That's right, they are high-quality beam blades built to beat any type of weather. Trico Ultra Wiper Blades are American-made, premium wiper blades that shine in any weather. These wiper blades are also feature a unique design that converts wind force into extra pressure, allowing for maximum windshield contact. The Trico Smart Set Wiper Blades automatically pairs the correct size and fit wiper blades specific to your vehicle. That is, two wiper blades sized perfectly with the correct connection already attached. Simply visit wipers123.com, enter your vehicle information, and select whichever smart set you prefer. Trico Smart Set Monsoon for areas with heavy rainfall. Trico Smart Set Tundra for cold, snowy areas. And Trico Smart Set Storm for everything in between. Go to wipers123.com and use promo code MIGHTY at checkout and receive $10 off your next order of $40 or more. That's wipers123.com, promo code MIGHTY at checkout and receive $10 off your next order of $40 or more. Do you have any particular genre of bad movies or like if it's action or sci-fi, like within that, are there some tropes and stuff of some of these bad movies that you really enjoy? Like there's something like, oh, this is in every movie and I like this. Like, or th something like this is in a lot of these movies. I'm a big fan of like uh, more like kung fu movies and that and martial art films because it's it's more it it always ramps up to get to be ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Rambo. They're just gonna get bigger guns, but eventually you're gonna see like Dolph Lundgren or someone get stabbed 15 times in a scene, but have no like effect on them. <laughs> right, right. That's the kind of stuff I like. Just the randomly invincible, but then. Like one shot to the calf will make them fall down. 
Yeah, like the narrative damage of their body, where yeah. it's like you've taken like twelve like baseball bats to the dome, but because you need to like hurt your ankle when you jump off this ledge for the yeah. sake of the story, that happens now. You're <laughs> like that hurt. Like I'm always surprised, but. The big thing for me in those action movies is when, like, the bad guy's right hand man is always some total badass that the protagonist has to square off against. But then when they beat that guy, it's always like a pretty solid name, older actor who's the main villain. And it's like, well, now Scott Atkins has to fist fight Michael Douglas or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not worried about Scott Atkins in this fight. Like, I was more worried when he fought the like voiceless Bulgarian bodybuilder in the yeah. previous scene. But then just because narrative wise, it's so like John Wick, even though not a bad movie and more of a modern movie, it suffers from that too. After he just defeats everyone in John Wick one, he's got to fight like the old gang leader. And it's like, this isn't scary. Yeah. He fucking fought a thousand guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what's one old man, the old man who he's the leader of the mafia. He doesn't have the powers to like, yeah, fight. you've already beaten him. Yeah. Now it's just like cutting an old guy's head off. That's <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> John Wick and those movies are, are interesting where it's just like people that have learned what's good about a bad movie and how to make it into like a decent movie. Because like on paper, John Wick is absurd. Yeah, it's well, it's like the premise is dumb. It's like, but the it's executed well. It's got like the bad movie template of like they fucked with the wrong guy's dog. You know what I mean? And then it's like, but because they do like. Uh, interesting modern choreography, interesting modern uh, DP, like lighting, cinematography, uh, music, uh, Keanu, uh, yeah. combat style, like, and sort of like the one thing they do that not a lot of action movies do is uh, justify why they're not always using guns. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's like uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, a recent movie I watched for Action Boys, excuse me, has Chuck in like justifiable fist fight situations and justifiable uh, gun situations. I feel like some bad movies are like, wait, why is he not shooting these guys? If he's like, yeah. <laughs> he had his gun. Like, like okay, well, like uh, we, we talk about on action. Wise, Seagal does this a lot. Put your gun down. Tough guy, huh? Still a tough guy without your gun. And it's like, all right, well now you're a uh, NYPD hand to hand combat against yeah. 12 guys. Like <laughs> shoot eight of them. You fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> I always love Steven's, the Steven Seagal stuff now where it's always that same like angle right up at his chin when he's doing the fighting. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. He's <laughs> just waving his arms around. <laughs> and he's got like a hard double chin going every time. I'm like, I don't like this. Right, right. It's sort of POV of the, uh, the other guy's POV so that it looks like it's... Yeah. I, I did some Jeet Kune Do. I've done martial arts and I feel like it's like an energy flow drill when you have your hands together. It's like a way to learn like how, and it's more of a drill than actual combat, but Seagal puts that shit in all of his movies where he's got the full lean back noodle arm shit where he's in like a a fucking silk kimono and he's just going like it. It's very Mo Larry and curly energy (laughs) that he's doing. (laughs) Do you ever hear about on, um, he made that movie on deadly ground where it's, uh, in that, do you know this when he, he got choked out and allegedly shit his pants on set? Oh, by like the famous stuntman who, yeah, like, I forget uh, who he, it was a guy that like that taught Bruce Lee how to like grappling and stuff. It's Gene yeah. something. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gene. Uh, fuck, it's like Gene Liddell or something. It's not that, it's Gene yeah, LaBelle. Yep, yeah, and he was in a Don Wilson movie. Yeah, he that had, dude's like, a bit awesome. Part. 
Yeah, that guy rules. But I guess it was like it was, Steven Seagal said that he can get out of any chokehold. Yeah. And so Gene put him in a chokehold, and then Steven Seagal hit him in the balls. From one, oh, one of the interviews, the one the one I heard is uh, Seagal. He choked Seagal. Seagal passed out, shit himself, woke up, and had to pay off like everybody that was around to never talk about it. So what That's I heard, what was, I heard, yeah, what I heard was he was getting choked, but that was his technique of how to get out of a chokehold. Was he just hit that guy Gene in the nuts, and that guy got so pissed off, that's when he choked him out. Oh, that's odd. Oh, right, because he would be like, this is how I get out, and he wails him in the dick, and the guy's like, well, fuck you, now I'm going to kill yeah, you. Yeah, now you're dead. And then, <laughs> <laughs> that that movie, that's like, I don't know, it's the difference between like why I love a Dolph Lundgren film versus Steven Seagal is so different. Where Steven Seagal, I just want to watch him be a piece of shit, because he is such like an awful person. Right. Uh, well, he's one of the people who's like real life has uh, flavored his movies, but not ruined them where you're just like this garbage asshole. Let's see yeah. what movie <laughs> like Chuck Norris is like right wing politics stuff kind of bother me a little bit and, and make me have a hard time watching his movies. But Seagal is like such a level of scum, but he uh, is like that in his movies, too. So it's slightly more enjoyable for whatever. reason. Yeah, because everything's <laughs> cranked up to a 10 with him. So it's like it's more like I could watch him fail right now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's kind of fun to watch Seagal bomb like yeah. his his movies for the long like and rewatching his successful movies. They were always like Seagal fights Jamaicans. Seagal fights Italians. Seagal yeah. fights poachers. <laughs> Seagal fights blank like insert blank. And it was. The fucking Jamaicans one is hard because it is just like a white dude killing black guys and some not so black guys in Rasta makeup or whatever. And it's like, (laughs) yo, not cool. (laughs) Yeah, that one that was that one. uh, That was above the law or out out for a kill out for justice, out for justice, above the law. It's hard to remember because they're all three word titles. Yeah. So they kind of blend together. My favorite is Hard to Kill. That's the one where you could take that to the bank, the blood bank, where he right. <laughs> he he dies ostensibly and then comes back to life and then like fucks Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's like another thing in, in on Deadly Ground where he dies and comes back to life and then I think he like has sex with that old uh, that old like uh, witch woman. <laughs> they're like Wait, they're all like I naked, was- <laughs> giving him like a weird ritual to bring him back to life. And I haven't there's seen a scene that movie where he in a long a time. There's a scene where he jumps on the back of a bear and stabs it. It's uh, it gets really weird for like 15 minutes of it. And this, that's the one with Michael Caine. Yep, as the evil oil driller in Alaska. <laughs> well, oh, so I'm getting on deadly ground, potentially confused with uh, Fire Down Below. Is uh, the next year. And oh, it's yeah. and that's an EPA representative. Like it's like it, it's almost it's a that one has Chris Christopherson instead of Michael Caine, and it's a coal mogul instead of an oil tycoon. It's he, uh, whatever you know they call it stolen valor when a dude wears like an army outfit yeah. and has no, yeah whatever the stolen Native American valor is is what Seagal's been doing for fucking twenty he thirty years he's been pretending to have some sort of Native American vibe to himself. That's his whole career is stolen valor. It's uh, yeah, it's right. incredible to watch. <laughs> well, yeah, he's also like uh, arguably like there's been no proof that he's an Aikido master or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? Like <laughs> there's that one video online of him like doing a demonstration. Oh, I, and I love like why is why is he so into Russia? Like, of course he is. 
Like, of course, he's like in with Putin and doing demonstrations over there. And like, like as the second he can't, like the second people in America are like, hey, we're calling you out for being a little bit of a freak and a weirdo and this. He's like, peace out. I'm going to Russia where they, like, <laughs> where they worship me because I was in like 11 movies they like. Because they're not sure what's fiction over there. And it's like, Putin likes me. He thinks this is real. <laughs> right. <laughs> But then you get like Dolph Lundgren, who just that guy's life is so baffling to me. You know, I mean, he's in such bad movies, but he's like a true, like like a genius. Yeah, he's got like a dual doctorate, and he is like an Olympic level uh, martial artist too. Yeah, and he got he got discovered from just fucking Grace Jones. Oh, really? I didn't know how he he was like. He was like a doorman at a bar or a club, and Grace Jones saw him there and was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like, and started like hooking up with him or started dating him. And then she was like, "Yo, Arnold, you got to meet this guy. I'm dating Dolph Lundgren." It's like so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, we. I recently watched He Man for the first time, which I think was like one of his like one the of the masters first of the ones. universe. Yeah, yeah. That movie is fucking ridiculous. It's uh, all, I grew up watching He-Man. The movie is so confusing, but the fact that Frank Langella plays uh, yeah, Skeletor, plays Skeletor <laughs> yeah, it's it's we're watching and we're like, who is this for, and how did they land here? <laughs> yeah, like it well, makes sense that it was like, well, we can't do this in that land. Like it has to be in America because we can't afford all these sets for everything. We can't shoot exclusively in Eternia, so we have to yeah. get He-Man and Gwildor, a character created for this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Masters of the Universe is a canon movie, and if you want to talk bad movies with a sense of style, canon movies just got it figured out for they me. They had man. it like, down. Their action movies are great. Their non-action movies are fucking weird. They, their attitude of what they like about movies is a lot of what I like, with the exception of those, like, Golan and Globus always insert some sort of, like foreign policy shit that I don't understand or agree with in their movies. It's like, well, if American uh, interests would just get out of Lithuania, then Israel... And I'm like, okay. I understand that this might actually be topical to 1984 or important to the Israeli film producers behind this. But to me... All I want to see is Chuck Norris shooting fucking missiles off his motorcycle. (laughs) Don't change the speed on me like that. I can't handle that. Is the thing we like about these bad movies is like the suspension of disbelief is... You have to kind of, as part of enjoyment of these movies, you have to suspend a major disbelief, like in a way where you have to be like, yeah, I understand I'm watching a movie and I understand that there'd be no way to aim the mortar that's on the back of a motorcycle that you're driving through Beirut. But if Chuck Norris can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, it's the best. It's like a real hard escapism of like, this is clearly not real life. I'm going to live here for a minute because this is way more fun and crazy and like anything is possible. And you can always put yourself in the shoes of a hero. That's like, I can get shit done. I can do whatever right. I need to do. Right. Well, there, there's an, there's a, like, uh, like an element to it of like, you, you watch, you, you know what you're in for with this. act. Like when you read comics and you're like, you don't just sit there and go like, Eventually, fans of comics stop going. How does Lois not know that that's Clark Kent? Like, like yeah. eventually, you just go like, "Yeah, we get it. The glasses and the hair curl are enough. It's confusing." But then like, you start getting annoyed anytime anyone else asks it. Of like, just shut right. the fuck up. You don't mention that. 
Yeah, yeah. just like we know. Be. We know. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that with action movies. It's like, what, is it really safe to have that many grenades in your jacket pocket? And it's like, yeah. you can't. You're like, how does he have all these weapons? How can, like, how much ammo does he have? It's like, that's stuff we don't bother with. Yeah. Like, we, I remember like, that's as a not- kid getting scared by the Punisher, the Dolph Lundgren movie. Oh, because yeah. Because I thought cars exploded that easily. I like. I was like, "Is that what happens? Like, if you crash in one of their car, your car is just going to explode?" Because like, I think there's one where it's like a motorcycle and a van go head to head into each other, and it's like the moment the tire hits the bumper, they both just explode. And as a kid, I was like, "I can't believe like people are driving around like this. This is not good." Like, <laughs> That is such a funny kid fear of just like, well, if you touch a bumper, and I, I think I've seen that in like a Hot Shots or like a yeah. action movie parody where a car just dink and then it explodes, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that is part of it. You have to understand, like, I'm putting on an action movie. It speaks a certain language. You're going to wonder why the bad guys are coming one at a time. Like, that's like... but. That's what we're watching. Yeah, now. that's they're what taking we're in turns for. because that's what people do. That's what gangs do is they take turns fighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or else it's not going to be fun for anyone. <laughs> my fa- my favorite, uh, my favorite element of uh, action movies. One of my favorite things about action movies, bad ones in particular, that I like to discuss is the bad guys' plans really not making sense when you start to lay it out. When you're like, okay. So follow me here. Eric Bogosian wants to take the train into dark territory so that he can take over the satellites and he can't be unhacked, blah, blah, blah. Like all this shit where you're like trying to explain what's going on and you're like, what the fuck am I even talking like? (laughs) And then like the idea that the bad guy's plans are so complicated that the bad guy is restating them multiple times throughout the movie. Like, I love shit like that. Yeah. That shit makes me laugh hardcore. Yeah, they're constantly like, all right, let me explain this one more time. This is my very diluted plan to get <laughs> like a million dollars. Right, right. Like, that's, <laughs> that's always really fun. It's like, and then from there, we'll be able to make $1,000 a week for life yeah. or whatever. <laughs> You're like, wait, what is this? Just get a job teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Just get a second job, guys. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes it is always like, if you put this, if you sold all the guns that you bought your and the henchman salaries <laughs> yeah. and the cars you have in this broken arrow like all the jeeps if you sold all that you might be just like a hundred million below your end goal yeah <laughs> like, like how much does it cost you to clear out a piece of the jungle three miles away from the road like right, right. whatever that team cost to keep quiet and excavate for you invest that it. Been it. <laughs> just take that movie and put it in a high yield yeah. investment <laughs> Don't build a lair. Build a condo. And now right. you're a real evil genius. <laughs> right. Yeah, be a landlord. The most evil of all geniuses who yeah. actually make more money than most criminal masterminds. Yeah, which is with a beautiful, like that's pretty much what Dread's about, right? Right. Which is that yeah. one, the one evil tower. Uh, yo, so modern bad movies are a whole nother thing. Uh, and I think we should take this chance, like, we both like bad movies, but you've done something very particularly weird with it. And yeah, uh, I've gone full with a bad movie. Yeah. Like 
bad, you're, sometimes you watch a current bad movie or a movie that has such a big swing behind it that it's crazy that it is bad, but also you can say, of course that was bad. And yeah. so if you imagine like a property like, say, Dr. Seuss's Cat in the Hat, an actor like, say, Mike Myers, and you put together and make a fucking Cat in the Hat movie. And why don't you tell the high and mighty listeners, why don't you tell the shitheads a little bit about what's happening so, uh, over today, in your world? <laughs> <laughs> today I'm on day 337 of watching The Cat in the Hat every day for a year. Uh, so once so you're a day, watching the you're watching the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat movie, the 2003 live action Cat in the Hat <laughs> film. Uh, it, it's insane because it's 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 all good people that worked on it, all like good actors and and writers. Um, Dakota Fanning's in that movie, right? And she's it, like insanely talented. <laughs> yeah, Dakota Fanning, Alec Baldwin during a real good Valley of Alec Baldwin. He's on <laughs> he's on the director there they made a director's commentary for it and I don't know who it's for, but uh it's Alec Baldwin and the director is Bo Welch who I didn't really know the name of but he did like all of Tim Burton's set design. For, like every oh, major wow. Tim Burton. He's an Academy Award winner and he, di- <laughs> <laughs> he directed The Cat in the Hat and then it's like um, I forget the third guy's name, but it's Jeff Schaefer and Alec Berg that wrote it. And uh, that is just insane because they're, you know, they're showrunners on Veep, on Barry, uh, <laughs> on Seinfeld and Kerber Enthusiasm. Like they've written some of the best comedy that there's been. And they wrote The Cat well, in the Hat. Well, now you're describing one of the uh, possible situations that creates a very bad movie is a lot of like muscle and fame and high powered people with an IP, like with a property like this and a lot of big swings. And I'm assuming the studio th- is banking on this in some capacity. They're like, it's going to be huge. Well, cause so it was they right cu- after the Grinch. Right. And the Grinch, the Grinch was, was huge. huge. Yeah. Right. Uh, cause the Grinch, I think it costs like 98 million or 90 million. And then it made like 300 million. So they dumped, I think, $108 million into the cat in the hat, and oh, it it's... barely made it back. And it, it's just bad. It, they got now... every Dr. Seuss's widow banned any future live-action Dr. Seuss movies because of it. <laughs> I I have watched it once, like, whatever, tw- you know, 15 years ago. I cannot revisit it. What does one gain <laughs> on, like, viewing 300 of this movie? Like, what, what does one take away from it at that point? Absolutely nothing <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I, it's, at this point, it's like I'm noticing what extra is looking at who and like who's behind the camera and like where <laughs> extras are staring at it, and it's just weird stuff like transitions you don't notice, but then you're like, oh no. And sometimes I I took a bunch of mushrooms one day and watched it, and I couldn't stop looking at Mike Myers's mouth the whole time, and I read because he didn't want to do the movie at all. He. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> That's a wild ass layer. Oh yeah, that's 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 why I did it. That's so the, the whole reason I'm watching the Cat in the Hat is uh, I got really into like marathon kind of comedy, and uh, like the so like the comedy Bang Bang when they went on tour. By the end of that tour, you can hear how just like brain dead they've all kind of gone, yeah, and the comedy just... kind of changes because it's the three of them <laughs> doing you know like three hours a night sitting next to each other and not seeing anyone else. 
And then I've been on a few of those shorter versions of those tours. And then it's driving in a car with the same people, then going yep. out to dinner with the same people. It, uh... Yeah, and, and you can hear it change on stage because your brain's just going in all these different directions. And uh, then we did – so building off of that, I did – actually, it was two years ago tomorrow from when we're recording this. I did a 24-hour comedy show. And we did like a podcast every six hours just to mark like where we're where we are. And like by the end of it, it's just like me eating fluff, screaming into a microphone and be like, look what it does in my mouth. And like answering questions as fluff guy. And uh, that was a yeah. wild day. That is that is a fun like the survival uh, the survival comedy kind of world like yeah. my buddy my buddy Gil watched every episode of Entourage back to back to back and streamed it on Funny or Die. And, He's like, the I think- reason I'm doing the Cat in the Hat is because I saw he did that and I was like, well, what the fuck else? I can't do a marathon longer than Entourage. Like, right, I, right. You know, like your your brain just can't stay up that long. And so I was like, I think you found, I think you found a solid version of it. So do you, do you have like a process? Is it like the same time every day that, or cause I would feel like it would start to get to like, Oh fuck it's 6 PM. I guess I got to put this movie on and record an episode. Yeah. If I have time in the morning, I try to wake up and watch it and get it over with. Uh, cause I do a daily podcast for it after every single one. And sometimes it's just me All alone. Right, there, here's a whole here's a whole nother layer. Yeah. You're doing a, like even just doing a podcast every day would make me want to blow my fucking head off. Yeah. No less watching a movie and then doing a podcast every day. The same movie yeah. every day. Some Jesus episodes Christ. are just songs I've made while watching it. Like I have a little synthesizer <laughs> next to me and I'll just be watching it. Um, yeah, I know one I, one I watched was just an animation as like the cat in the hat on. <laughs> oh, did you watch that? I watched the animation. Yeah, yeah, that one. That was just. I was like, I you know, I'll just see if I can draw a cartoon in an hour and a half until before the movie's done. <laughs> and you did. Yeah, and, and then the song was the song from that one was another one I did like a couple of weeks ago or a couple of weeks before that. Uh, oh, but that's... like, was it last week? I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere with the movie, and I was getting frustrated with like, what else am I going to talk about, or how else am I going to like change the experience? And I don't know why I ended up doing it. But I had the idea of watching The Cat in the Hat while only listening to Escape, the Pina Colada song. <laughs> and uh, like it's gotten to be that like, like what else can I possibly do? So here? you put it, you put the movie on mute and blast the Pina Colada song and watch a full and this movie's a hundred minutes, right? It's like a No, full... it is this movie is a pathetic length of seventy-six minutes. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's, okay, that's that's, that's a, a saving victory. grace. Yeah, <laughs> it's only an hour and sixteen minutes. Yeah, holy shit! It's clearly so, like no one liked it. <laughs> Wait, and so, sorry, jump back. Myers didn't want to be in it. He didn't want to do he it. Didn't you were wanna, saying so they were going to make a Sprockets movie. Okay, that makes sense. And I mean. he he decided to stop and didn't want to do it, but the studio uh, sued him for breach of contract for trying to leave the Sprockets movie. And he was going to get fined $3.8 million. And <laughs> then they, uh, um, I'm blanking on the name. Imagine wanted to do uh, the cat in the hat. Cause they had just done the Grinch and they were like, well, what if you did the cat in the hat and you didn't pay us $3.8 million? So you, when you're watching the cat in the hat, you're watching someone trapped Blackmailed. in this cat suit. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, 
what's the word extorted into yeah. doing it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, so that's like when the dad took mushrooms and couldn't stop staring at his face, realizing like, oh, there's a human being in there that is just miserable. And there's like a lot of, a lot of articles I found where people are just, were saying that on set, he was miserable to work with. He wouldn't leave his trailer until like he absolutely had to come onto the set. And it was just stuff like that. So it's just like, it's such a weird movie of no one seemed to want to do it and no one seemed to enjoy it. The uh, costuming, the the face is terrifying yeah. in The Cat in the Hat. It's like, it's, oh my God. I'm just like, it's haunting just looking at it right now. It's it's not fun. Uh, no, and I can see how the mouth would be like, I'm truly distracted. I like haven't thought about this movie in a long time. And you're... I can't even imagine. You're on day 300 ish of watch. Uh, 330 ish. 37, right? yeah. Okay, so this is like we're we're recording this in mid August. This episode will probably come out by the end of August, early September. You're coming down the home stretch of having watched it. Yeah. Over three. You've watched it over 300 times already. Yeah, there are people that have listened to my podcast that like will they'll listen to it like they'll they've messaged me like I listen to this in the this is my morning routine. And it's like, thank you for doing this during quarantine, because now it's like something I have every morning. And I, a few of them still have never watched the movie. And it's just like, well, what do you, what do you think of when you listen to this? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so weird. I mean, that's funny that they say that to you, who, in a way, has found something to do in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, like, you're like, if you think you found something to do, you should try watching a 76-minute movie and then figuring out what to say about it every day. <laughs> uh, and that, it was like, it's it's been such a, what a fucking year to watch The Cat in the Hat every day, too. Because I watched this, I, I came home yeah, from I tour mean, like, last wh- September. Base level fucking trauma going on around the world, like like where what we're all going through. You're like, and now also like give myself the fucking clockwork orange like Ludovico treatment. That is radicalized. How it feels. <laughs> yeah, like I'm radicalized by watching the Cat in the Hat every day. Has any has anything from the movie like entered your lexicon? Is there a small an actor with a small part who you now have a newfound appreciation for? Is any any positive come? At, I mean, besides like. You're making content that people enjoy uh, that because uh, you have a Patreon or a, yeah. a, pod, a way to subscribe to this podcast, which we'll plug at the end here. But like, has anything come out for you that makes this like appealing in any way? Like that when you watch the movie, have you s- figured out a way to find a new enjoyment level out of it or something came from it? Like besides like it's almost like you want to be like. To me, this is practically like running a marathon where you're like, if you can do this, you can do anything. Yeah, and I'm going to tell people that, that it, this is just like running a marathon, so don't think I can. <laughs> well, uh, in, all, in all honesty, uh, if you took 76 minutes a day to work on running in any capacity, you'd be a marathon runner in three months. So that's like what this whole thing has been, is like there were there were two months where I worked out every day while watching The Cat in the Hat. And it just became like 76 minutes of the day. I sit here. I like I'll lift weights in my room. I'll do push-ups or whatever. And I'll just work out while I watch it. And this is my workout time. And then eventually you get sick of working out. You're like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna draw for 76 minutes while I watch the cat in the hat. So, <laughs> right. like, if anything. It's sort of been your activity hour in a good yeah, way. Yeah. This has gotten me to learn how to, like, really manage my time. Because I know there has to be about two hours a day where I get to my computer I watch it. I record like a, you know, usually they go between like five to 20 minute episodes. Um, cause I don't think anyone wants an hour long podcast every day. And also what the fuck am I going to talk about this movie for an hour? Uh, 
but then the other fun thing was like when you know shows were still happening i could perform live on comedy shows and like i did a few sets as the cat in the hat yeah where... that's one of the videos i watched too which was really oh, you... the cat in the hat's poetry about joining alcoholics anonymous yeah. <laughs> or Nar- narcotics anonymous or whatever that was us just uh Improving, we wanted to be like a Tom Waits. If Tom Waits was Cat in the Hat, <laughs> and like the only thing we had planned for it was we want the cat to admit he was in Vietnam, and at the end we want to do a, the Meat Puppet song because uh, that I do a lot. Of, I tour around with the, the guy playing guitar on stage with me during that. We tour around as a very sad man, which was pretty much that <laughs> act, but not as the Cat in the Hat. But it was like. <laughs> It's fun to go to a show and you do like, you know, a, a showcase in the city or something, only have 10 minutes and just be like, I've been watching the cat hat every day for 250 days. Who's got a question about it? And then just hearing people like hearing the different random people react to their first thing of like, you're doing what? It's so like, that yeah, was I really mean, fun. It, it is like, it is a great way to get uh, like, if, when I didn't have any credits, it'd always be like I did a sketch on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. So it'd be like from Late Night with Conan O'Brien, John Gabrus, and be like, "That's very misleading." Yeah. But when you don't, ha- if you don't have a lot of credits, and someone could say he's been watching Cat in the Hat for the last two hundred straight days, <laughs> put your hands together for Alan. It's yeah. like you can come out and be like, people are like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> tell me more." <laughs> uh, the only thing I've been doing with it is uh, I've been tweeting at Alec Berg. Who is, uh, he was the only person, I tweeted at pretty much everyone that was in the movie for a while, just because I wanted, I was trying to tweet at people and email whoever I can, like, someone has to explain this movie to me as to why it happened, because no one seemed to want it. On day 150, you're like, uh, on like day 150, you're like, okay, well, it would be great to talk to someone that worked on, like, to get like some more level. I've been watching this movie alone in my room for five months now. Like, yeah, like there's a, time to get a little more in depth if yeah. I can. <laughs> and so I've tweeted at Alec Berg, and I don't know what I think. At, at first, I think he thought I was like not all there mentally, and he was kind of being nice about it. But then he slowly was just like started being like, "You're batshit nuts. You're gonna end up in the loony bin. I don't know what's wrong with you." <laughs> and uh, so, like, I released an album in January, and I, I put out another one in July, and both of them I just got to use an Alec Berg quote. Of Alec, Alan Richardson is absolutely batshit nuts, and it's like <laughs> it's a it's a quote he said about me. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so that's like that's my. What nug- else do you need in life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I asked him um, once. I was like, I think I'm gonna because before the whole pandemic happened, I was gonna be out in L.A. like around probably around this time, and I told him I was like, hey. I'm going to be near you at some point this year. Would you ever meet up in a public place to talk about the cat in the hat for five minutes? And he responded with, are you going to kill and eat me? <laughs> and I just told him, I was like, there's only one way to find out. There's <laughs> Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's why gun sales have gone up yeah. in, uh, <laughs> in, in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, that's why you're. We're doing high and mighty on Zoom because you were supposed to be out here. We were gonna get together live and hear <laughs> hear more about this adventure. But I appreciate you coming on, fucking high and mighty, dude. It's been a minute uh, since I saw you. Hey, and, dude, I appreciate uh, you having me. Of course, man. Of course. So, where can people find uh, the uh, Cat in the Hat podcast so, or whatever? <laughs> so, if you want like the full experience, uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Give Me Attention. Uh, but I oh, do it's have... called, the podcast is called Give Me Attention. Yeah. Right? 
Because yeah. uh, it was like it was a lot of other things, and then it just kind of slowly became like I only have the energy to do the cat in the hat right now. <laughs> so like I'm excited when this project's over to move on to some other projects and stuff. And do you think your next project will be like a, a endurance based project God. or no, uh, no? Not like this. I think the next thing I want to do is I want to watch every James Bond movie in a row. Uh, oh, I like that. That's, that's but that's fun. like fifty hours. It's a little easier. Yeah. (laughs) I want to do that. I had the other idea of um, watching a season of The Simpsons every day for a month because there's 31 seasons right now. (laughs) So that's like the perfect thing of like, because it's only, it's like nine hours a day. You watch The Simpsons and you just do that for a month straight and then it's over with. Uh, But I also have a free feed, Give Me Attention or Give Me Death, that's available anywhere you get podcasts. And I do have a, a few select Cat in the Hat episodes in there. And all my other marathons are on there. I did 24 hours of conspiracy theory videos where my friend and I <laughs> my friend and I locked ourselves in my room and took mushrooms and just watched conspiracy theory videos for a day straight. And in one of the episodes, <laughs> I believe that Richard Nixon faked the moon landing and have to get talked down about it. There's an, another one of that feed where I watch every Police Academy movie in a row. That was like the first one I did. <laughs> By the way, this is like exactly in our wheelhouse, Alan, of like, yeah, we're into endurance shit. What do you do? Oh, I watch like yeah, nine yeah. hours of TV back to back. Yeah, it's so still like weed, watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like that's like me. Uh, it's tw- it's August 2020. And I'm like, I should get into streaming on Twitch. And uh, my wife's like, what makes you want to do that? And I'm like, well, I smoke weed and play video games for three hours a day. I wonder if I could one hour a day let people watch yeah <laughs> like why, why not? not right <laughs> you're like i am gonna watch cat in the hat every single day anyway yeah. might as well record a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this was all i was doing i might as well start telling people i'm doing it for a year and uh, i well, am gonna i am gonna have a release of it called my year with the cat once this is all over and that's gonna be up on uh com, which is a <laughs> i run i run a label it's mostly comedy we do some music we just released like this new punk band that came out circus battalion and i have a few albums on the website we got uh rob crean who ran the comedy shows of the gas hasn't two albums out on there oh cool cool but, yeah that's uh, my um, sort of little label dead and mellow is the label and yep. uh Honestly, maybe the future of uh, artist support and survival is indie labels and small labels and shit like that. So much appreciated yeah. if you're doing that. We're moving now. on to and- like, we're doing sketch comedy now and stuff. We have an audio sketch album coming out. And that's oh, it. that's awesome. It, I don't like, you know, the Zoom shows, they're just not, it's not the same as like a live performance. And I'm just kind of right. waiting that out and just doing comedy in different ways. So everything kind of turns back on safely. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, I'll just keep podcasting and then. But I do, I'm craving live performance. I'm yeah. dying to like get. I'm like I'm gonna dive full into like solo performance stand up shit when I'm done here. When I'm done here, meaning when COVID nineteen yeah. is done here. Well, that was I saw you when you did that second show at Great Scott. It was just you ranging yeah. at the audience. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's been a fun. Uh, I did that uh, on tour a few times where I'm like I don't really have an hour, but I could definitely talk to a crowd for an hour. <laughs> Let's see if they could talk. And that was by the end of that show, the audience was like, "You were talking about that." I kept being like, "Wait, what was I talking about?" That was about? so much fun to just watch people be like, "Finish that other thread." <laughs> yeah, don't forget. Remember, <laughs> did you end up getting the Transformers or whatever? I was like, "Oh right." People DM'd me after that show. I was like, "Hey, you never actually got around to finishing this one story," and I'm me and my friend are curious the ending. I was like, "Oh God, what a nightmare!" Uh, and on social media, you're uh, at 10 Gallon Mr. Allen on Instagram yep. if people want to follow you there. And do you have and a Twitter. Twitter? 
Tangano oh, nice. Mr. Allen on Twitter. You can also and follow t- Dead and Mellow on Instagram. Nice. I'll tag you in all this when uh, the episode drops, but Alan, I appreciate you coming on High and Mighty, man. This yeah, Gabriel, thanks for having me, and this was a blast. <laughs> uh, I'm down to do some version of a Zoom uh, endurance something or a guest on one of your shits as well, so let me know. Let me know yeah. if you want me to come on towards the end and finally watch Cat in the Hat and talk Dude, to you Dude, that about would be it. great if you'd, if you'd finally watch the Cat in the Hat and we can discuss it. That'd be so much fun. Uh, email. I mean, this. There's no need for this to be on the ap- actual episode of the podcast. But email me uh, or DM me, and let's let's fucking talk about. It. I'll come on. I'll watch. I'll get ripping high. Watch the movie and then talk to you about it. I would. Hell be, yeah, would that sounds honored. like a blast, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm at Gabrus on all social media. Uh, check out my other podcast, Action Boys at actionboys.biz with a Z. And as always, bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast.